Okay, so we're continuing our discussion of how we do our essence job here of extracting and raising these sparks from the world of chaos that have fallen to our world. So today we're focusing on the idea of doing a commandment, continuing this essay. And we know that a commandment is very significant because in Jewish law, there's a commandment that someone else cannot do and has to be done by you. That supersedes Torah study, even very sublime Kabbalistic Torah study. And it supersedes prayer. Even though prayer could be the state of intellect and intellectually generated awe and love, but the practical commandment supersedes both of them. Because in order to extract and refine the sparks, by means of these practical commandments, we need to do them. This is the purpose of creation. And when we're looking at these practical commandments and studying the practical commandments, this tremendously transcends the utilizing of our intellect to create love and fear of God. So it's not only that the action commandments are superior in their performance and in their study because they fulfill the ultimate purpose of creation by extracting the sparks, but also because they bind the soul with God. Now, the verse says to cleave to him, that we cleave to God through cleaving to his attributes. In other words, when you act in a kindly manner, you're cleaving with God's divine attribute of kindness. And the divine attributes are completely God. So if you're one with a divine attribute, and the divine attribute is one with God, you're one with God. But you're not one with the essence of this divine attribute, but only the existence of the divine attribute, which is a more external manifestation. As we see, even Abraham, who we know was like the human embodiment of God's trait of kindness, but he said about himself, as we learned at length earlier, that I'm dust and ashes, meaning my embodiment of God's supernal kindness is like dust and ashes compared to what God's supernal kindness really is. If this is so for Abraham, how much more so for everyone else? And if this is true for our cleaving to God through the divine attributes, how much more so in regard to the infinite light of God himself because no thought can apprehend God or his light or the life force issuing from him. We can grasp his existence, but not his essence. Even the supernal beings have this. It says about the very holy angels the angels called the Srafim, angels of the world of creation, the highest level of the angel groups. And they say about God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, which means that as God descends to relate to creative being, Lord of hosts, now we're talking about creation, still he's holy, holy, holy. Holy means he's separate, separate, separate. God's completely separate from all of his creation. And only the spiritual beings in the world of being that are in effect brought about by a cause, being the spiritual level higher themselves, they have an ability to apprehend their cause. But that's only these spiritual effects. But not the created beings, even the created beings, the souls of this world of Atilus, of the world of being. Even though the souls in this world of being are divinity, but they've been separated from the vessels of the ten divine attributes, and therefore they're called created beings. 
and therefore they cannot apprehend the essence godliness. And therefore it's written about Moses, you'll see my backside, meaning an external manifestation, the existence of divinity, but not the essence. So through the vision of his soul alone, as his soul is gazing on God, not through the commandment, even Moses could apprehend only the external, the existence, not the essence. But through the performance of the commandment, a Jew connects with the essence of God.